What's going on, guys? This is Dave, aka Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From Bruce, from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has exactly what you need to win money. Sign up today, bet a hundred dollars and get a hundred dollar free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet. The sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup free roll. $250 cash and $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. guys we got thursday night football week 11 is kicking off some people are already thinking about 2023 uh today we're here to talk about some handcuffs some trade targets based on strength of schedule and you know when you're looking around and people are throwing out their for sale signs on their teams you got to do your homework because you do not want to buy someone and then realize their schedule sucks and you could have got somebody else for cheaper that has a better schedule. You don't have to do the homework. Brad did all the homework for you. I'm just here for the ride, and we're going to hang out and help you guys out. So uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you follow Brad. Make sure you follow myself. Like, subscribe. I sent it out earlier. You know, we, we give you guys content. We don't ask you for any money. We don't give you a paywall. Best, easiest thing you can do to support the show is just like, subscribe, and do that for all your favorite content creators. There's a lot of people out there that are working so hard. They're, they're doing everything they can, and they're offering it to you for free. Just throw them a bone, give them a like, give them a shout-out, those kind of things. So, um, Brad, let's, let's, let's start off. Let's start off with strength of schedule for quarterbacks. Who are some quarterbacks, if I'm shopping, that I should, should go after? Yeah, so if you if you take a look at the schedule, there's really six teams that have a pretty favorable quarterback matchup. Two of these teams, I don't want anything to do with their quarterback, and that's Carolina and Atlanta. They have really nice schedules in weeks 14, 15, and 16, uh, as well as week 17. But do I really want to roll with the Carolina debacle that is P.J. Walker or – uh, Sam Darnold when he's actually healthy and going to dress or Baker Mayfield and do I want to mess with Marcus Mariota at the end of the season where there's a chance he gets benched because they may be out of playoff contention and they want to see what they have in Desmond Ritter but the other four are interesting especially because three of which have very affordable quarterbacks right now I think the top of the list right now is Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson he goes up against Cleveland Atlanta and Pittsburgh that is a super juicy three-week span for a guy that we know can light the world on fire for your fantasy team. The other three, like I said, are pretty affordable quarterbacks. Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, Cleveland Browns at that point in time, Deshaun Watson, and San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, all three of which have really nice schedules. In contrast, 
with a few teams that have some rough schedules. And I'm going to bring these up because these are going to be the guys I think you might want to try to move for, especially from a dynasty perspective. So Chicago Bears, they go up against Philly and then Buffalo in week 15 and 16. That is not a two-week matchup that you want to run into in the fantasy playoffs. So you may be thinking Justin Fields may not be that great in those two lines in those two two games. Then you got the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Again, two pretty tough matchups, both of which are going to be playing the Denver Broncos, who have a stud pass defense right now with everyone healthy. So with the with the teams that we talked about, here's a few trades I'm interested in. Matthew Stafford has not looked good. Matthew Stafford has a very tough playoff week schedule. Would you move Matthew Stafford and Deonta Foreman for Derek Carr, who has a juicy matchup in the fantasy playoffs? Now, these are trades that have actually happened, and these are also trades that I think are very interesting from a dynasty perspective. You're moving Deonta Foreman, who a lot of people look at as he might be a four or five week rental because he may go back to being a backup again. And Matthew Stafford, who is just not looking good right now in that LA Rams offense for a little bit younger quarterback in Derek Carr. So Dave, is that a move you'd be willing to make if you need a quarterback with a little bit better schedule in the fantasy playoffs? Yes, I'm moving Stafford and I'm getting Carr and Foreman. You would be moving Stafford and Foreman and getting Derek Carr. It, it for me, that depends on what your RB depth is. So um, I know it's dynasty and thinking long term, Stafford and Carr are very similar. Um, Carr's, you know, Stafford's a little older. Carr, he hasn't, you know, like everyone, like this year, saw the hype train and they were like, listen, he's not like he's thrown for a lot of yards, but he hasn't thrown for more than like 25 touchdowns in his career. And well, no surprise, he's not on track to throw more than, you know, 25 touchdowns this year. And so uh, I like the matchup with Carr. I just, you know, that offense and that team is really spiraling. And yep. um, RB depth is hard to find. And Deonta Foreman is someone that, you know, I, I just, I think if you're going to go fishing, you want to get something a little better than, than Derek Carr uh, personally. Yep. All right, so here's the next strengths of schedule kind of look, and and we're going to go to Deshaun Watson, uh, soon-to-be quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, going up against Baltimore and then New New Orleans and then the Washington Commanders. Would you move Justin Fields, who we just talked about, has a very tough playoff matchup, and Jahan Dotson for Deshaun Watson? That's that stuff. Let me look at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has the 28th best raw raw score adjusted 29th best fantasy, uh, you know, playoff the rest of the season, not fantasy rest of the season. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with Justin Fields and here's why. Um, I, I agree that Philly and Buffalo are bad matchups, but I also think that the bears need to be like come in comeback mode for Justin Fields to score all these points. And that's what's been happening. In these high-scoring games, Justin Fields put up a lot of points against the Buffalo Bills and the Eagles. Like they're probably going to boat race the Bears. And he'll be in, he'll be in, you know, and Deshaun Watson, he could come back and light the world on fire, and he could come back and just, you know, have some bumps in the road. So I will I'll stick with Fields, stick with the hot hand on this one. Um, but 
I definitely understand the Watson excitement. Yeah, because it's it's interesting to me because if you this is also dynasty we're talking about, right? So would you rather have Justin Fields? on your dynasty team or would you have Deshaun? would you rather have Deshaun Watson oh, on your dynasty point. team? That's a good, so that's a good it, it's a very, ch- it, these are the kinds of decisions you're making all the time, right? In dynasty leagues. And do I come, I, I want to compete now. So do I think Justin Fields is going to help me more, but next year, Deshaun Watson, I think he's going to be better. So how, how do you kind of weigh that into your decision? Yeah. And so I, I, I do think Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback. Um, at the end of the day, the bears are still losing games. Justin Fields playing really well, and it's awesome for fantasy football. But he's still not winning games, and he's you know he's got a couple you know a couple touchdowns each week, which is really nice as far as through the air. But you know we we gotta you gotta see more, and I just you know I have some concerns. Don't get me wrong, this could be another Jalen Hurts situation where it's like, yeah, this isn't gonna last, and looks like it's lasting pretty good. <laughs> um, but Deshaun Watson for me, I think I have him as. a Top six or seven on my uh, dynasty QB rankings. Yep. All right. Let's get into the last quarterback before we get back to our sponsors. And that is the Arizona Cardinals. I mentioned have a really tough schedule in the playoffs, but it's also Kyler Murray, a super young quarterback from a dynasty perspective versus a Lamar Jackson, who we talked about has a juicy matchup in the playoffs week 15, 16 and 17 against the Cleveland Browns and then the Atlanta Falcons and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like those are three really good playoff matchups for Lamar Jackson. So would you move or which side would you prefer in this situation? Kyler Murray and a first round pick or Lamar Jackson. Oof, I thought this was going to be easy because I don't <laughs> like Kyler Murray. That first is hard though. That first is hard. And, and you know, if this is a, a super flex league, then both quarterbacks and the first have more value. If it's not a super flex league, then I'm definitely going to go with the Kyler Murray side. But if it is a super flex league, which they are all su- these were all super flex trades. I assume is is uh, is the case. I will take Kyler Murray and the first. Um, but you know, uh, I'm I'm okay with the Jackson side as well. Like. If you're if you're looking to win now, Jackson is easily the the better choice. And then next year you're going to lose the first, but you still have Lamar Jackson, and Lamar yeah, Jackson that, is better than Kyler Murray moving forward. Yep, yeah, that's where I'm at on this one. It, does it hurt to lose the first in this trade? Yeah, and if you could get away with Kyler in a second or something like that, I would try. But if I couldn't make that happen, and I'm really making that playoff push, I'm moving to get Lamar Jackson here on a team that, that, you know, they don't have any wide receivers left, really. You know, he's thrown to James Prochet and Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson, and they just brought in Deshaun Jackson. Like, it's a it's a team that's going to continue to look to run the ball, and Lamar Jackson's going to be the primary running back for that team. So I think against those three teams, it's just too good to pass up. Do I want to give up Kyler Murray at first? No, but I will if that's the, the best deal that we can get done. Yep. All right, let's check in with our sponsors before we come back to our running back position. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we are bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. 
Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of each of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a much larger payout opportunity. They also have great promos, odds, and payouts that are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There is so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So let's move on to the running backs. And, you know, interesting, I'm putting the list on the side. Uh, it's it's very, very interesting how you have – this one I forgot to put top six, but it's there. You have the – the Broncos and the Ravens continue to be at the top of the list for almost every single one of these. So <laughs> the running backs, and this is per Warren Sharp. I sent you this earlier today. The Broncos, the Rams, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, and the Chiefs for the running backs. When you look at this and you get your notes, what, what's the what's a, a team you should be chasing? A team that I would be chasing personally right here, and it kind of fits in with the handcuffs that we're going to talk about later. And that's going to be the ja- the Dallas Jacksonville, Jesus Christ, the Dallas Cowboys, actually. And I think they're a couple down below the Chiefs there on that list. But I'm again, I'm looking just at the, the playoff schedule, not the rest of season. So it's a little bit different, right? Because I'm not taking into account the week 12, 13, and 14 matchups. I'm looking at weeks 15, 16, and 17 for your fantasy playoffs. And for Dallas, they're playing three teams that are really giving up a good amount of rushing yards between the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Tennessee Titans as of late. And when you think about guys like Tony Pollard, who has some standalone appeal, that's a guy I might be looking to go get because not only does he have some standalone appeal, he also has that running back handcuff appeal. And we saw what that looks like if Ezekiel Elliott misses any more time, especially in the fantasy playoffs. Think about a couple years ago when Joe Mixon missed, I think it was a week 15 game. And Giovanni Bernard came in and scored almost 30 fantasy points for you in the fantasy playoffs. That's the type of upside that we saw Tony Pollard do. And Tony Pollard is a much better running back than Giovanni Bernard from a, you know, profile perspective. So Tony Pollard versus another guy who has a really tough end of season matchup in Josh Jacobs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Would you prefer Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard and the second? I'm going to stick with Josh Jacobs. Um, I I don't know what Tony Pollard's going to be as far as his future. Uh, he is a 26-year-old free agent running back next year, and he could go to a team and, and absolutely light the world on fire. He could also go to a team and, and, and not work out. He could also re-sign with the Cowboys, and we have the same situation. And – 
every single one of us is clear as day that he's the better running back is clear that, Hey, he's not going to be able to keep his efficiency up. Uh, you know, no, this guy is Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones. It took forever for him to finally get, and who's holding him back? Mike McCarthy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just the same situation. I mean, we were all part of the free Aaron Jones movement and, you know, we see it. And so hopefully this guy goes somewhere or, the Cowboys are smart next year, and they turn it over to him. Um, but I'm going to keep Josh Jacobs. He's younger, and um, he's you know he has he's got more draft capital, and he's he's the one that is more likely. Um, and I looked at the market value, so I have an article coming out. The RB free agent and Spot Track has market values on there, and very interesting. And I wonder if it's changed, but Tony Pollard's. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard's uh, market value, I was blown away at how cheap he would be on the market, according to SpotTrack. And that might have changed over the last couple weeks. But um, you can get Tony Pollard pretty cheap compared to him. Josh Jacobs. This is what Josh Jacobs' market value would be if he was a free agent next year. Four-year, $47 million contract comparable to Aaron Jones and James Conner. And then you have... Tony Pollard, which I got to scroll all the way down the list because he's not making any money right now. And they have him. They don't have market value for everybody, but they do for these two. Three or $15 million contract. Interesting. 5.1 million per year. His comparison contract wise would be Austin, Austin Eckler, Naheem Hines, Chase Edmonds, JD McKissick. And so Austin Eckler obviously was a steal when they paid for what they did. Um, but that would be the ideal scenario. Um, but then the other guys are, are different. And I think he's a much better player than Hines and McKissick. I think that's oh not, God, not yeah. a fair comparison. Or Chase Edmonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not and close. So I, I understand the trade, but it, like Jacobs is the younger player. And uh, he's the, he's. I think he's more likely a starter next year. They both should be, but I think Jacobs is more likely. Yep. All right, second guy on my list is actually on your list that you see on the screen here as well, and that is the number three Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris. I just think his market value is down so low right now because he's been so bad and people are so burnt on him that you can get him really cheap. You get Najee Harris for Christian Kirk. You get Najee Harris for a singular first. You get Najee Harris for two seconds and two thirds all of which were in 2023. So the market value, that's a pretty big difference between a first and Christian Kirk and two seconds and two thirds. But anywhere in the middle of that, you're pretty much able to get Najee Harris. And he really is coming in to a pretty nice matchup for the rest of the season, as well as the fantasy playoffs. So Dave, where are you at with Najee Harris and the trades that I mentioned? A singular first, a Christian Kirk, a couple seconds and a couple thirds. Is that something you're willing to do for Najee Harris right now? Or are you kind of full panic mode right now? Um, It's hard. I mean, it is, it is a risk because it's not that he like looked amazing last year. And then like he had volume and terrible efficiency this year. He's got terrible efficiency and less volume. And so we're, you know, having concerns and the really concerning part about it is when Jalen Warren gets in an undrafted free agent, he looks better. And so uh, I will say since the plate's been removed from his shoe, he has looked better 
and you can tell that that foot injury is hurting him. And the two seconds and two thirds, sign me up. Sign me up for that. Christian Kirk is, I mean, I'm assuming Christian Kirk is not a mainstay on your team. He's, you know, that's a luxury. You did not use a top six startup pick on Christian Kirk. You may have had him from a couple years ago and got him for a third round pick. And now you're, you're sitting pretty because he's pretty solid. But what would you value Christian Kirk at a, a mid two? Early yeah, I would two? say a set. Well, and, and now you're getting out before the hype of Calvin Ridley comes yeah. in. Right. So it's yeah. important to get out. So now. I, I think it's a good move. I think I'd be okay with that. Um, but uh, the first, I don't know. I mean, there's some good running backs, but we all know how it goes. It looks like there's a lot of good running backs, and then you see the landing spots in the draft capital. You're like, eh, there's a couple good running backs, and I'm sitting at 109, and none of them are going to make it to me. So yeah. if you could trade Najee Harris for 109, 110, 111, 112, probably do it. If it's a mid to early, then no way. No yeah. way, because I've dropped Najee Harris out of my top 12 running back rankings. I think I have him at 16 or 17. I had to look at it. Might be a little lower than that. I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's not as young as some of these guys that came in from the last two classes. And there's concurrent. There's some concerns, like legitimate concerns. If you're going to give me a Jalen Warren in that trade with Christian Kirk, it makes it a little easier. Because <laughs> I, I, I think Jalen Warren looks pretty good. <laughs> All right, let's do one more running back duo, and let's let's go to kind of the weird, some weird situations. The New York Jets have a pretty juicy playoff matchup from a running back perspective. They play the Detroit Lions in Week 15. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 16. Then they play the Seattle Seahawks in Week 17, and they've got a a duo of running backs there and Michael Carter and James Robinson that in a silo are pretty good running backs. But now we're in this weird kind of middle ground. It's pretty much a 50-50 split. Nobody is really running away with that job. Versus another really weird situation in Washington where they have a really bad schedule going into the fantasy playoffs where they got to play the Giants and that run defense. They got to play the San Francisco 49ers and that run defense. And then they got to finish up with the Cleveland Browns and their run defense. So would you rather have Antonio Gibson or James Robinson and a third? Hmm. Interesting enough, James Robinson is a free agent next year. Um, and it yeah, seems he like is. he's like he's not been in the, in the in the league that that much. So I don't know what Robinson's future is. And we all don't really know what Antonio Gibson's future is. I think most of us would have thought it was a 50-50 chance about him getting traded a couple weeks ago. And then he was the starter. And he also banged his ankle up the other day. Um I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Gibson because I I I don't I mean I, I really am not confident in either of them moving forward in all honesty. Um, but I'm going to stick with Gibson. Um, but you do have me interested. I didn't think about the Jets as a, a, a place to, to go. And I think if I were to go, my, my advice to people would be if if you were to try to trade for Michael Carter or James Robinson and you could only get one, I'm just going to get the cheaper guy. And so um, I don't think you should go out and trade a second round pick for either of those guys, even if they're playing against the worst 
you know, defenses in the world because you just can't trust it. But I'm going to take one of those guys for a third. I'll do that deal. Mm. So I'm a I'm a believer in Gibson. I, I am. And with JD McKissick being hurt, I feel like his the opportunity for him to get a little bit more passing work is probably going to come to fruition. Um, and he's just James, look, Brian Robinson had a, a solid game last week. I, I'll give him that. Uh, it was his best game to date in the plenty of opportunity that he's gotten. But I still think Antonio Gibson is the guy there. The challenge, like Dave was talking about, though, is definitely around the uncertainty moving forward. So I think as much as I love Antonio Gibson, if I'm in a contending type situation, I'm likely going to go the James Robinson side because there's also a pick on top of it. And James Robinson is going to be a minimum 50% split in a really nice three-week matchups from week 15, uh, 15, 16, and 17 when it matters, when you're in the fantasy playoffs, when you need points. And I just think the likelihood that you're going to get a good number of points or at least a solid floor play out of these guys is going to be Jamestown. And they give you the upside of uh, a touchdown here or there. But Detroit, how are you going to pass up? a running back that's going up against the Detroit Lions and then the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't know how you pass that up when you're getting a pick on top of it for a player who's in a in a split right now. And it looks like the Washington Commanders are committing to Brian Robinson and not really allowing Antonio Gibson a bulk of the work anyway. So you're really going from timeshare to timeshare. And I think Jamestown has shown us what he can do with a full bulk of the carries, right? Let's what if Michael Carter gets hurt between now and then and you have that bell cow role with James Robinson? We saw Antonio Gibson with some bell cow work at the beginning of the season, and Ron Rivera just didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, he kind of passed it on and did not bother. So I think I'm going the James Robinson side uh, of this trade. So you want to do one more running back? Do you want to go into the wide receivers? Yes, let's do one more running back, check with the sponsors, and then go. All right, let's do one more. All right, so this one is another interesting one from a dynasty perspective as well as a competing perspective because I think you could pretty much do this trade one for one if you really wanted to. Juicy matchup side. The New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara gets to play the Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's He's got – the Eagles have been really bad against the run as of late, right? So those are, are at least two to two and a half – Good matchups for Alvin Kamara versus Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals who are going to go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their run defense, the New England Patriots and their run defense, and then the Buffalo Bills and their run defense. Those are three of the tougher games to play against for the Cincinnati Bengals in your playoff weeks. So dynasty in mind, also trying to win a championship in mind. Are you rolling with Alvin Kamara or are you rolling with Joe Mixon? There were multiple trades of these guys one for one swapped. Oof. Joe Joe Mixon versus versus Alvin Kamara. That's that's tough. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon cuz I want players on good offenses. And the Saints are not a good offense. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, you know, Everything we're talking about, we, we were trying to project forward. 
and whether it's the next seven weeks or the next, you know, the last three weeks of the season, things can change tremendously. Yep. Whether it's a, an offensive lineman going down, a defensive lineman going down. I put in the chat, the Eagles, they got ran all over the other day. The commanders controlled time possession. They're not going to wait for Jordan Davis to come back. They've lost one game and all of a sudden they're picking up free agents off the street and they are going all <laughs> in. The Dominican Sue and Linvel Joseph, both extremely strong, extremely stout up the middle and good run defenders. And so the Eagles matchup might be a little different here in a couple weeks than what it was on Monday. Yep. And um, as far as, you know, as far as Joe Mixon, he had the huge blow up game. But we've seen Joe Mixon go poof, gone. And we've seen Samaje P. Ryan on third down, Chris Evans on third down, Giovanni Bernard on third down, anybody they can find on third down except for Joe Mixon. And, um, you know, it's been frustrating. So it's been frustrating. Um, but, but he is on the much better offense. And I'm going to take the player on the much better offense. And that offense is much better when they flow through Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the same answer here, Joe Mixon, and it's it's not so much that I have more trust in Joe Mixon. It's that I think we've seen this season where he is getting peppered with targets, and that was kind of the thing we were missing, right? He got a ton of carries last season, but not, didn't necessarily light the world on fire from a reception standpoint. Now, He's absolutely crushing the receptions, plus he's getting the running time, and he's going to be in two two of those games, at least Tampa Bay and Buffalo, are likely to be high-scoring games, whereas New England, it very well could be a high-scoring game as well uh, with the Bengals' defense the way it is. So I think those three matchups, even though they're tougher on paper, I think still lend to a better situation for Joe Mixon because he's not going to be coming out of the game to catch the ball. He's getting those targets, plus he's getting that rushing floor. So I'm going to roll with the Joe Mixon side as well. Absolutely. We're going to check in on this trade after we – did you check in with the sponsors already? Uh, no, not the not the, the next grouping. I'm going to check in with the sponsors, and then we're going to get to this trade and then receivers – um, don't forget about the World Cup contest. Uh, we're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup free roll, $250 cash plus a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Make sure you check out the World Cup content on sports sportsgamblingpodcast.com, SGPN merch store as well. Get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the DGEN in your life. I, I love all my stuff. Brad, he's he's one of our models. He's always rocking his gear. It's the perfect stuff if you're if you're for your you know sports gambling or fantasy um family member or friend. Um get some for your league mates, your commish. Don't forget about your commish. Everyone needs to <laughs> commission some stuff because commission is the worst job in fantasy football. Um plus now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you get when you use promo code Dallas Sucks. Uh, I'm thinking about getting a shirt that just has Dallas sucks on it. Um, that's sports. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com promo code Dallas sucks. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to my wife and uh, next show, I will be wearing a Dallas sucks t-shirt. Probably going to get it in giants blue and red. I like it. I like it. So let's, uh, let's talk about this trade. And uh, I personally, right off the bat, I like it. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's it's a good move, and I like 
the Seattle Seahawks playoff schedule. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely taking the locket side. I could, I could actually care less about Zeke. Uh, the five, the five round move in the draft is going to be a tough one to swallow come draft time. Uh, but I think right now, because you're talking about making a playoff push, you definitely are going to benefit from Zeke and Lockett a hell of a lot more than you are uh, James Prochet and Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews at some point possibly being back this week. Yeah, the big the biggest part on the other side is that swap going from 6th to the 11th. And uh, yeah, shout out to Michael. Michael won the Debo Samuel jersey. Mike, I'm going to throw, nice. I'll throw that announcement out there later. Big 49ers fan, so I was... You know, I, I was pumped when he told me he won. And, uh, you know, he's a good dude, always checks in on the show. So I'm going to read off the Seattle Seahawks, and this is why I'm targeting all Seahawks. Week one fantasy playoffs. They are going to get the Carolina Panthers. Then they get the 49ers. Oh, I'm sorry, so they get the 49ers. They get the Chiefs, they get the Jets, and then they get the Rams on January 8th. So that's what threw me off there. But before the fantasy playoffs, they're going to get the Raiders. They're going to get the Rams and the Panthers. So if you're someone that's trying to make a playoff push, trying to get in, you, this is like, these are juicy matchups. You get the Raiders, you get the Rams, you get the Seahawks. I mean, you get the Panthers and then you get the 49ers chiefs and the jets, the jets, and the 49ers are obviously not good matchups in the playoffs. The Chiefs are a good matchup. And then for all you week 18ers out there, they get the Rams on the last week. Um, but I, I like the move. I like going in and getting Lockett and uh, Zeke's a nice little bonus. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Dynasty trade. Trade away Najee for Fournette and Sutton. Oh, man. Um, Dynasty trade. Are you trying to? I, so there's a, a question here. Are you trying to win now? Or are you are you looking at next year on on face value? I think the value is good that you're getting for Najee Harris to get Fournette and Sutton. Um, I worry a little bit about Fournette because uh, they were already starting to kind of fold Rashad White into that offense a little bit, and then when he went down with that hip last week. He, he really took that that opportunity and ran with it quite literally. Uh, so it, it's tough to trust Fournette past this season. So now you're looking at Najee Harris and a you know a, a bye week filling running back moving into next season plus Sutton, uh, who three three weeks before Judy went down on like the first few snaps of the game. I think I saw something that said he had like five catches for sixty total yards in three weeks. Uh, he had three really bad weeks. Russell Wilson has totally shifted to Jerry Judy. Uh, and I know that's not going to be the case, at least for the next few weeks. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I got to go Fournette and Sutton. I don't like it, but I'm going to go Fournette and Sutton. Uh, we talked earlier about Najee Harris. I'm going to keep Najee Harris. I think Fournette brings zero value next year. He's a 28-year-old running back. He is... He's been inefficient two years in a row, very similar to Najee Harris as far as the inefficiencies. And um, But Harris is younger. 
And I do think that that foot injury that was, you know, that's been lingering all season is, is part of the issue for Najers and Sutton. I just think there's a whole bunch of guys that are in the similar value of Sutton. If, if Najee Harris hits, his upside is just way too high for me to, to avoid. And uh, for, for me, like I'm just, I've never been a Cortland Sutton guy. And I finally was starting to buy in a little this year. And I liked, I liked Russ on the Broncos. I was excited about that offense. And it was, just, that was one of my biggest misses this off season was Russell Wilson. And, uh, and Sutton is just, you know, like, there's just so many guys, and then next year's me more receivers. Sutton's just going to continue to get buried down the so, dynasty rankings. Yeah, so there's two interesting things here. Um, one is Najee Harris and the volume, right? The 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 big thing for Najee Harris last year was the fact that the guy touched the ball almost 400 times. But you saw he was inefficient, but he touched the ball that much. Well, now we're seeing Jalen Warden getting about 33% of the running back work. Right. If you take a look at my Snapshare article, you should see that. But it, it's very interesting because I don't know that the volume that we got accustomed to Najee Harris getting last year is going to be the move going forward. And he needs that volume because of the inefficiency. So that's one. The second thing for Cortland Sutton, I heard a very interesting uh, uh, thing from a yeah, I guess you could call it unverified sources. Uh, and you may have seen this, Dave, where they came out and said that an, an unnamed offensive lineman had talked about how Russell Wilson was calling audibles based on his Seahawks language and not the Broncos language. So anytime you see Russell Wilson calling an audible, you could basically, and I'm obviously reading into this quite a bit, Yeah, you could basically see that it's going to be a broken play because he's calling up an audible to a play that the offensive line may not understand the blocking scheme to or, or whatever. Uh, so, so it's very interesting. There's still a pretty significant learning curve for that offense in general. When you think about Nathaniel Hackett, first time head coach, you think about uh, uh, Russell Wilson, who played his entire career with the same head coach and the same players, and now he moves to a new team with new everything. Uh, so it's very, very difficult, I think, to kind of judge what's happening there. Is it Russ not playing well? Is it they don't know the playbook very well? Is it the, this little, I say little stuff, that's a big thing. You're calling the wrong damn audibles, right? But it's very interesting stuff going on on both sides, uh, which is why I can see either side of this trade um, uh, happening. Well, and going back to the, you know, I want to throw this out there. Shout out to Greg Kellogg. So fantasy fantasy football Hall of Famer um, was interviewed on the show here at SGPN Fantasy Football. And he talked about the curse of 370 and why you should not draft Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor in 2022. He was right. And he, you know, pulled out the numbers. And this is something that goes back for decades. And so at the end of the season this year, Look at those players that are getting 360 plus touches. And it's a concern. I mean, you see these guys, and it's just that's a lot of volume. And not only are they getting hit on 370 touches, but they're also out there and they're they're doing those RPOs and getting smacked. They're they're doing pass blocking and and you know different things. So like they're getting hit more than 370 times. That's that's a lot of damage um, you know, to put on your body in, in one season. Um, let's go to the receivers. We talked about Tyler Lockett a little bit. Let's talk about these 
strength of schedules, Broncos, Ravens, Texans, Packers, Falcons, and Bengals for top six strength of schedule rest of the season 11 through 17. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Baltimore here because they're the one that we have similar. When I look at the playoff schedule, I see teams like the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all three pretty juicy pass, uh, you know, uh, passing game. And we talked about uh, Baltimore having a really nice quarterback strength schedule as well with Lamar Jackson. So you can only hope that that kind of translates into uh, the wide receiver position in those three games as well. The struggle I have with the wide receivers is who's it going to be? Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Is it going to be... Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson throws the ball 15 times and they just run 40 times in those games because it's the freaking Atlanta Falcons and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I worry a little bit. I love the strength of schedule. I get it. And if Rashad Bateman was healthy, I'd be all on board with a wide receiver there. But I cannot get behind James Prochet uh, or Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews coming back or any of the other wide receivers that I mentioned, whether it be Deshaun Jackson or DuVernay or whoever. Yeah, and, and I want to mention, you know, I want to mention the Green Bay Packers. And what's difficult about the Packers is they have a week 14 bye. And so the Packers, the Saints, there's a couple other teams. Week 14, if you are looking for someone – I always tell people if if you know if you're looking for trades, that is a that is the tiebreaker, and that can be a huge factor in your trade if the person already had their buy. Trading for players like if you can afford to trade for some Seahawks and some Tampa Buccaneers and some Dolphins right now, do it. Go ahead and do it while everyone else is is like struggling because you're not going to deal with another bye week. But if you have the Packers, you're going to have to deal with the bye week week 14, and that is absolutely brutal. But if you can sustain, if you're a team like Marks that you just need that one win, they have a pretty juicy schedule. You get the Rams. The Rams are not the old Rams, and the Rams could be packing it in even more here soon. They get the Dolphins. The Dolphins just leak fantasy points, and the Minnesota Vikings. And the Week 18ers get even rewarded even more by getting the Lions. I know the Packers lost the Lions the other day, but the Packers are starting to figure it out. That's that's pretty juicy. And if you can, you know, if you can get, you know, Lazard cheap or or Christian Watson, he's a little harder. I'd probably wait for the smoke to clear a little bit and then go make an offer next week after he goes three for eighteen this week. Um, not calling. We'll see that, that tonight. We'll see that tonight. Oh yeah, it's tonight. Yeah, could be, could be really wrong on that one. But, you know, um, if Watson goes out and has another huge game, he's going to be untouchable. If Watson goes out and has three for 18, you can go make a move for him. And he's a great stash to have on the, on the bench. If you, if you need, if you're, you know, Brad's projected to beat me by 20 and I need to go with something big, I can throw Christian Watson out there in the flex and just hope for another huge game. And Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard's been very consistent. He's a great wide receiver three or a flex play. And you could get him for pretty cheap. And look at those matchups, pretty juicy. And he plays the slot most of the time. So he's not getting the primary receiver like a Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Peterson, stuff like that. Yeah, it really sucks because the four teams that I had marked as like the targets for wide receivers in the playoffs, New Orleans, 
well, outside of Chris Olave, there's there's nobody, right? I'm not trusting anybody else in that passing offense. The Baltimore Ravens, who we just talked about. The New York Giants. Was it Slayton? Darius Slayton, maybe. Wandale? Like, Daniel oh, Bellinger coming back? Like, who who do you roll out from the Giants passing team? You know, so it's it's very, you know, those three teams are not teams that I really want to make a statement and say, I'm going to trade for this guy to put him in my lineup to go win a championship, right? So it, it's tough. Uh, but I do want to bring up the New Orleans Saints, who have a pretty juicy matchup, Atlanta, Cleveland, and then Philadelphia, which is a tougher, tougher matchup uh, at the in week 17 versus the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll do a trade here in a second, who have a really tough matchup for the wide receivers going up against the Denver Broncos, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Atlanta Falcons. If A.J. Terrell back, is back, then that matchup looks a little bit worse than what it actually is. So a trade that's going down, would you rather have Chris Olave in that juicy playoff matchup, or would you rather have Hollywood coming back from injury and a second-round pick? Dynasty, I'm taking Chris Olave. Yeah, see, I'm the other side all day long in Dynasty. Whether I'm competing or rebuilding, I'm taking that second, and I'm taking Hollywood. Uh, I am probably abnormally high on Hollywood from a dynasty ranking perspective. I have him at 14 in my dynasty wide receivers. So I, to me, it's a smash. I have Olave pretty close to him. I have Olave way too low, so I'm going to make an adjustment. He's at 28 right now and probably should not be. So that's a that's dynasty adjustment that needs to happen here pretty soon. <laughs> that's blasphemy. Uh, I, I, yeah. have, I have Chris Olave super high. He's, he's 22 years old. Um, you know, he's he's the alpha on that team. Obviously, got to figure out the quarterback situation. But uh, yeah, for me, I have I have Olave ahead of Marquise Brown, and you have the opposite. So of course, it was an easy yep. pick for you. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Olave side for sure. Uh, yo, pick two, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Christian Watson, George Pickens, DPJ this week, PPR. Who do you got, Brad? Um, so I am probably going to try to stay away from Mike Williams in his first game back from injury, if he's even playing. Uh, so you're not quite sure there. I'm definitely not rolling out Christian Watson tonight. Uh, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer pick in, in Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's had 70-plus yards in now six of his last seven games, I believe. He he was, uh, I think it was four of his last five, and then last week he went for 90 against the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to go Donovan Peoples-Jones. And if Mike Williams does not play, I think Joshua Palmer is the volume play uh, if you need a floor. But if I'm looking for upside, I'm probably going to roll out Pickens there. So DPJ is the common for me. And then depending on what type of matchup I'm in, if I just need to make sure I'm getting points, I'm going to roll out Josh Palmer because of the volume that we know he's going to get. But if I need that boom play, that big point production pot potential, I'm going to go with George Pickens. Well, if I'm if I need the boom, I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Uh, he's he's obviously shown he can have the boom. Um, but I, I'm not chasing points of Christian Watson. He's not, you know, not my pick here. I would hold out and see what happens with Mike Williams and use Josh Palmer as a backup. If, if Williams plays, I'm putting him in. If Palmer, if, if he's not playing, you got Palmer right there. And then, um, you know, they can slide to Palmer. And then I'm going to go with one of the other guys. I'm going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones here with Brad as well. 
He's been playing really well. He's been getting a lot of air yards, and you know, team's been focusing on on Amari Cooper, and they've been taking easy points to uh, to DPJ. So hope that helps, man. Good luck, and uh, yeah, Christian Watson. He could go out and, and you know make us look super stupid tonight, or you know he could go and do what he's done all season and pretty much do nothing. So <laughs> he um, ain't doing he but, ain't doing shit, and I don't think Mike Williams is going to end up playing. I, I just I just don't. Uh, yeah, it, it's but, it's a stretch for Mike Williams to play, and that's why I'm saying you know if you go with Mike Williams, you got a good backup plan because Palmer's right there. Yeah, but if you play Christian Watson tonight, then you're going to be you know you're not going to have the option to play Mike Williams or Palmer. Um. You, you know, would play Mike Williams if he's healthy, though, and playing? Yeah, if they put him out there, then I'm going to play Mike Williams over it's Palmer. Tough. Palmer's yeah, getting tough. more volume, but he's also getting more coverage. Right. And so I'm just not, not right. going to do that. All right, man. Hey, appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Uh, Brad, let's run through these. Game time's about to kick. What do we got for the tight ends? Oh, no. You, how about we get to our running back handcuffs? Oh. Since before we get – before we uh, – yeah, yeah let's, let's do running back handcuffs. Let's do running back handcuffs. All right. All right. So, so what I did with these guys is broke them into tiers, right? So guys that you really need to be thinking about moving into the fantasy playoffs. I talked about this in a couple of my Snapshare articles over the last few weeks. So hopefully you took a look at those and, and we're kind of repeating what I've already talked about. But let's get it in the airwaves now. Tier one, running back handcuffs. Number one on the list. We've talked about him already tonight. That's Tony Pollard, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I have as my top end tier one running back handcuff. Other guys that I have in that block are Elijah Mitchell and Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think all three of these players, the reason I have them in tier one is they have a little bit of standalone value. They're guys that it's okay to plug them into your flex because they're going to give you a few points. And if that starter goes down, they're an absolute smash. We saw Elijah Mitchell actually get more carries than Christian McCaffrey in his first game back last week. So I don't expect that to always be the norm, but we know the 49ers love to run the ball and they're going to use that to set up everything else that they do. So I think it's going to continue. You're going to see Elijah Mitchell probably touch the ball anywhere from 10 to 15 times a game. And that is good volume, even for a run a backup running back. So anybody that you can think of that you would want to put into tier one outside of those three guys right now. What were the three again? Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, and Elijah Mitchell. Well, and I don't know if I would if I would really call Tony Pollard the handcuff. Like we don't know what that situation is going to look like. Yep. It'd be the same thing as Rashad White. We don't know if Rashad White is going to be the starter or if Rashad White played because Leonard Fournette was hurt. We know Pollard played because Madison's hurt. I got to see what it looks like when they're both healthy. Yep. For me, yep. but I would definitely put Pollard in there. The only other guy I put in is Alexander Madison. Uh, I feel like Alexander Madison is someone could be a league winner. If Dalvin Cook went down, he's he's absolute, absolute stud. Yep. So that's what my tier two guys are. My tier two guys are those guys that you don't want to plug in in your weekly lineup, gotcha. but you have them on your bench because they are league winning upside running backs. Those are the Rashad Whites of the world. Those are the AJ Dillons of the world and Alexander Madison. And I had Khalil Herbert in this grouping until he ended up on IR, which is not going to do us any good. So tier two, Rashad White, AJ Dillon, and Alexander Madison 
for the backup running backs. And and we talked we've I've heard you say this before, not all handcuffs are created equally, right? That's why we're talking tiers and why they're grouped a little bit differently. So anybody else that you're interested in that you think has that league winning upside but you're not starting every week that should be in this tier 2. Well, and I would I would slide Kareem Hunt into this pile because you cannot start Kareem Hunt right now. He's he's just we thought it was because of the trade. I don't know what happened. He got four touches last week. Yep. You just cannot trust it. And Deshaun Watson coming back is going to be good for the offense. He's never like through to the running backs. And so that's bad news for Kareem Hunt. So I would slide him out of that top range and put him here. And so like you have to look at some of the, you know, the other offenses. Um, you know, what happens if, you know, like Matt Burita has to take over for um you know, for a Saquon Barkley, um, Raheem Mostert having to take over for Jeff Wilson. And yes, I said Raheem Mostert taking over Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson is the starter in Miami at this point. And Raheem Mostert would be someone where if Jeff Wilson went down, we'd see a huge uptick. Yeah, the only reason I had Hunt in tier one is because he's still getting like 40% of the snaps. He's playing a ton of snaps. So while he's not getting the opportunity right now because of situation or Jacoby Brissett or whatever, he's still playing a ton. And we've always said that opportunity reigns king for for just fantasy football in general. Um, all right, so I got two more tiers. I've got one that we're just going to call tier three. These are those guys that I don't think they have league winning upside, but they are startable assets if the starter goes down. The first one's going to be Kenyon Drake, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. I think if Gus Edwards does come back, I think Drake falls back into that backup role like we saw. But if if Gus Edwards misses more time, we've seen Kenyon Drake boom three out of the four opportunities that he had. So I think he's a pretty good player that you could plug in. I think another one is Damian Harris, who has conceded that lead back role to Ramondre Stevenson. But if Stevenson, knock on wood, I hope this doesn't happen, manages to get him to pick up an injury, I think Damian Harris is a good guy that you could plug in because he's going to get volume. And then the other guy is Tyler Algier. Uh, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson. We saw him get a little bit of work. Patterson didn't get as much work this week as we expected. He is coming back from that knee injury a little bit, so I think that's kind of normal. But I think Algier has a little bit of upside uh, if Cordero Patterson ends up going back down with a uh, an injury. Now, the last tier I'm just going to call weird because it's just some weird running back situations. One, the Detroit Lions. What do we do with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams? I'm not buying any of this nonsense that Jamal Williams is now the number one in the offense. Uh, I just don't think Swift is right. Uh, I think Swift wanted to get back, and he's not ready to be back, and that's what you're seeing right now. There have been some weird comments coming out from Deuce Staley because DeAndre Swift is not happy with the workload, so there's something going on there. Uh Monitor that. Pay attention. Washington Commanders, another one. Uh, it really does look like Ron Rivera finally got to his comparison of these two to D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. Thank you. Sorry, I started hacking up along there. I'm still not 100% uh, healed up yet. But yeah, we're finally starting to see that come to fruition, I think, over the last couple of weeks with J.D. McKissick kind of out of the out of the cards. So that's a very weird situation. And I had Miami another as another weird situation that I'm starting both these guys regardless. Mostert or Jeff Wilson, they're getting enough volume. They're running the ball enough. They're playing. They're, they're 
they've got enough plays to really warrant both of these guys getting enough work and upside and explosiveness to get you a touchdown on any given week. So I'm okay starting either of these guys, but it's still kind of a weird situation right now. Yeah. And for me, I mean, when you prioritize your uh, handcuffs, the first thing you do is you look at your RB one and RB two and you try to lock them both up or lock one of them up. You only have so many bench spots, so you can't do it with everybody. But if you can, you know, if you get if you can get someone from that top tier that Brad talked about, then go get them. But if you can't, then it really comes down to what would benefit your team the most. And if you have, you know, if you have Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, and and Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller, like Joshua Kelly has been the lead back as living the, the second back, and then he got hurt. He's coming back, and you could probably get him super cheap. Um, you know, you look at Derrick Henry and Hassan Haskins, James Connor, you know, Benjamin just got moved, you know, Benjamin for Damian Pierce. If you are a James Connor person, then you're going to want Keontae Ingram, not Daryl Williams. And so, uh, Samaj P Ryan, if you have Joe Mixon. So, um, you know, you want to address those things because the last thing you want is for you to lose Joe Mixon. And you look over and you're you're Brad's you're facing Brad this week and he's got some hot JP Ryan in his flex. And so you just like you lost, he gained, and it's game over, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, the the one thing to keep in mind when you're doing this, don't you know, if you're going to try to get Samaj P. Ryan, for instance, they they know you're the Joe Mixon owner. Don't go in there and be like, hey, what's it gonna take to get Samaj P. Ryan? I'm I'll offer you a third, right? Nope, they're not gonna do that. Right. Most likely you're going to need to get them in another facilitated trade as like an add on. That's how I try to approach that, because at least in the leagues I'm in, I'm it's full of a bunch of assholes that just want to take advantage of you every chance they get. Right. I'm dealing with it with the tight end position because I lost Zach Hurts and Irv Smith in like back to back weeks and they're holding me hostage right now. And I refuse to do it in a dynasty league because you'll you'll just fall back. So so figure out a smooth way to go about getting these guys. Don't just go and be like, hey, man, let me get my handcuff. Like that's that's just well, not gonna work and, and and yeah, and that's where, you know, um, look for teams. If a team is selling and the deadline is coming up they might realize that like this is their last chance to get any value. So start it off that way. Yeah. Like, Hey Brad, I see you're selling. You got a last, last couple weeks. Um, you know, I'm looking for a couple, you know, looking for, you know, some cheap RBs who's on the block. And you're like, Hey, Samaj P Ryan. Boom. Yeah, no problem. I'll throw you, you know, two fourths for Samaj P Ryan or, you know, a late third for Samaj P Ryan and a fourth, something like that, where you're, yeah, like Brad said, you're not going in saying, man, I really need Samaj P. Ryan on my team. But I promise you that guy's hoping that Joe Mixon gets hurt so then he can try to go in and trade, you know, Samaj P. Ryan for something of more value. Yeah, it, it's not you, J. Mark. It's it's somebody else in that in that league. But I, we won't call him by name. We won't call him by name. It's Justin Bruni. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as your handcuffs, um, like you said, not all handcuffs are created equal, but look at, like, look at some of the offenses, like look at how the Titans use their running backs and you see how the Titans use their running backs and you go, okay, Dontrell Hilliard. That's, that's an interesting piece. 
Um, you got Hassan Haskins. Like Dante Foreman was very good last year in, in time where Henry missed missed time. Um, then you're looking at, you know, the you know, the uh the Chiefs. Like they don't use the running backs that much. And you don't want a situation where you go invest in Clyde Edwards Alaire or Isaiah Pacheco, and McKinnon ends up being the guy where, you know, like you see the Giants use the running backs. Matt Breida would be very valuable if Saquon Barkley went down. If um, you know, Rashad White gets the backfield to himself, he'll be very valuable. Alexander Madison would be a smash. Yep. So all right. Well, hey, game started. Should I offer Swift for Pierce? Ooh. Oof. In a dynasty league, I am not doing that. In a redraft league, I mean, I'm totally fine with it if you need to win now because we just don't know what's happening with Swift. I mean, I just, you don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's I, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think if it's a redraft league, I'm definitely going to move Swift for Pierce right now. The the Lions have just shown their discontent for him right now, or they just don't believe he's actually healthy, or they say, you know what, the season is not where we want it to be. We're gonna we don't want to put Swift in danger. We want don't want to put Jamison Williams in danger. We're just going to let them heal up, give them some playing time, but we're not going to put them too much at risk. So. Uh, yeah, I definitely roll with Pearson redraft, but keep Swift in dynasty. We've seen too many instances where those fourth round running backs get replaced, right? So, so that's the concern I have with Pierce from a dynasty perspective to move a guy that's a, a second round pick, uh, that had a first round grade, so, uh, so put for, it this way, him. he's seven and three in first place by one game. So he could be going in there, getting the buy. What do you think about that? Would you shoot for the upside with with Swift or just take the? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely stick with. Oh well, see, yeah, I'd probably stick with Swift at that point. If you're if you're in first place by a by a game, um, I'm I'm probably going to hold Swift and hope that things kind of work their way out. Um, now you could take that slam dunk method, right? But what what you may find yourself in is, hey, I'm in first place, I'm loaded. I moved Swift for Pierce. Now I'm making lineup decisions and I'm starting the wrong guy and sitting the wrong guy and you're beating yourself up in the playoffs. So just be, be a little, be a little careful there. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll change but, my answer, Eric, just because you are in the lead and you know, you want to swing for the upside. Pierce is not going to win you. He's, he's in a very bad offense and I am concerned, you know, Benjamin might take a little bit of his work, but Pierce is starting to break down a little bit. He's never taken this kind of a workload in college. Dude, he wasn't God, even the starting Florida running. Definitely back. did not do that. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm, I'm gonna change my change my answer here, Eric. Because of that, I, I I'm gonna keep Swift. Um, you know, because I'm gonna swing for the upside. Assuming you, you know, you don't need a starter right now, because you know that could be the only situation. If you need a starter right now, Pierce is the guy. But at seven and three, I think you know as long as you can start a run start a lineup. Go and do it. Um, keep Swift and swing for the upside because if, if Swift hits, it's going to be a lot bigger than if Pierce hits. And like Pierce, what was it, 10 points last week? Yeah. Got a whole bunch of touches, but his ends, like he's the, it's very inefficient offense. They're not getting a lot of goal line touches. Well, not he's not getting targets. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Benjamin's going to eat into those targets. Yep. 
Yeah. So I would um, so switch my hand. Switch. Keep Swift. Yeah. I would never talk bad about Miranda J. Mark ever. Won't happen. All right. Well, hey. All right. As always, good luck this season. Appreciate everybody. Cheers.